The Blevins Franks Report with Rob Kay of Blevins Franks Wealth Management. Sunday morning on Riviera Radio and we say good morning to Rob Kay. How are you doing? Good morning, Howard. I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? I'm very well indeed. Good. Well, last week we discussed the recently announced French budget, but both you and James made several references to things we should do or could do, and the process of looking at our finances was referred to as strategic financial planning. So this morning I'd like to understand this little more about this seemingly dark art. But before we discuss strategic financial planning, what caught your eye in the news this past week? Well, Howard, last week uh, we discussed the proposed 2024 French budget and, and we mentioned that the government will provide a €100 Euro fuel aid grant. The government also announced it would allow companies to sell fuel at a loss from December, which was met with a very lukewarm response, to say the least, and, and the supermarkets actually flatly refused. The CFDT union then wedded in calling the suggestion a stopgap measure. Fuel prices have seen a slight reprieve in the last few weeks, but they're still higher than they were in the summer. Total Energies this week announced that it has capped prices at €1.99 a litre until the end of the year. French fuel costs are higher than the European average, which is largely due to tax. The actual cost of the fuel itself makes up just 39% of the pump price. 11% then covers the cost of distribution and the rest goes straight into the state's coffers. Now, last week we discussed some of the measures that came out of the Conservative Party conference in Manchester. And this week it was the turn of the Labour Party, who chose to meet not too far away in Liverpool. Unfortunately for, for Sir Keir Starmer, as he prepared to give his keynote speech, he was attacked by a physicist turned Extinction, Revel, Rebel, <laughs> my teeth in, Extinction Rebellion strategist, not that easy to say clearly for me on a Sunday morning, Howard, who then threw glitter all over Starmer. With an election just seemingly 12 months away, many UK voters wanted the conference to answer one simple question. What will a vote for Labour mean? However, rather than announcing a series of giveaways, Starmer presented a quite detailed list of policies designed to address what he described as the fundamental structural problems of the United Kingdom. He pledged to build 1.5 million new homes by the end of Labour's first five-year period in power. And that also referred to some new towns that were being considered. He said voters are exhausted by years of Westminster chaos and unsettled by economic uncertainties. So he will oversee an entirely new approach to politics that would see a state fixed on a single-minded purpose to govern for the long term and end the Tory disease, as he described it, of sticking plasters on politics. He said under Labour, politics will leave you alone and Labour will fight the next election on economic growth and hold a handout of partnership to the business world because Labour understands that private enterprise is the only way that the UK can pay its way in the world. Now, during her speech to conference, Shadow Treasury Minister Tulip Sadiq touched on the issue close to the hearts of many of our listeners when she said Labour's policy on the pensions lifetime allowance is still to be decided. This was despite an earlier pledge by Shadow Chancellor of the Exchequer, Rachel Reeves, to reverse the decision to scrap it. She described it as a tax benefit for, the, for just the wealthy, and Labour will reinstate it as soon as they are elected. The LTA penalises people with more than a specific amount in their pension pot. Jeremy Hunt abolished the LTA in, his, in this year's spring budget. Finally, Howard, I was amused to hear this week that Emmanuel Macron um, was recently sent a Monty Python video. 
in an attempt to curry the fa- his favour with the French president. After spending too much time at his holiday home right here in Cotinac, Eric Idle had realised he had no days left under the 90 days out of 180 day rule to attend the premiere of Spamalot at the Theatre de Paris. The show was a hit in France in 2010 after opening on Broadway in 2005 and it has returned to France with a new cast, new scenery, costumes and a revamped text which was written by Idle and based on the film Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Spamalot, gosh that takes me back. <laughs> oh, you have right. to be a certain age for that one. Yes, right? yes, it takes me back. <laughs> yes. Anyway, moving on then, strategic financial planning. What does it mean? Well, we're talking about Monty Python, and, and this was big in the 80s, but back in the 80s when I joined what was then called the life insurance industry, advisors simply sold products. The man from the Prue or the Corp was still knocking on people's doors and collecting premiums. If you died, you needed a life insurance policy, maybe to pay off a mortgage or pay for your funeral costs. Coincidentally, I was recently watching British TV and I was intrigued to see that funeral plans are once again being advertised on on daytime and men, and men channel TVs. Until the late 80s, if you had a pension, it was usually an employer who provided the scheme. Private pensions were, were quite exotic and, and certainly before the 80s, they, not a lot of people had them. The financial landscape started to change towards the end of the baby baby boomers generation and by the time Generation X entered the workplace in the late 80s and 90s, we were all more accustomed to having to look after ourselves. More of us had our own homes, which usually meant mortgages, so we had to think more about more than just paying the rent. To help save for our retirement, the UK government gave us money every time we make a pension payment. Now, pension relief... Um, as this, as we as we know it, has been around actually since 1921, but it wasn't really used by the mass market until the 80s and 90s. Back then, life insurance, pensions, income protection policies, savings plans—they were all designed with, with specific situations in mind. All those individual products were loosely linked together because they were all component parts of our finances. I suppose what we now describe as wealth management. Over time, everything evolves and the science behind financial planning and wealth management is no different. Strategic financial planning combines the relationship our financial assets have with the life events that impact us. Strategic financial planning is really the process of gluing all our finances together. It sounds very systematic. Is there a process you follow? (laughs) There has to be a process, but but it can't be a box-sticking exercise. We join every potential client's financial journey and usually lots of water has probably passed under the bridge. It goes without saying we need to know what your financial situation looks like, but more important, we need to understand financially speaking what you want and specifically what you want to achieve. The term financial objectives is something that's frequently bandied about. In my experience, most of us are on our life journey. We vaguely know what we want, but we're probably clearer on what we don't. But because of the financial goalposts continually moving, most people simply go with the flow. Our financial goals are frequently not entirely thought through, which means the strategic financial planning process can be challenging. Very few of us want to look in the mirror and face up to what we don't want to see, which is why lots of us don't even want to go on the journey. Once we understand what someone has and what their goals are, we can then develop a strategy which frequently has has to be played out over several years. 
That happens quite a lot when people are planning to move into France. Things need to be done before they leave and other things are better done after they arrive. Your strategy needs to get your timing right. UK tax years, for instance, don't correlate with the French tax years. There are also differences between tax systems. The respective allowances and tax thresholds are a, are a perfect example. In the UK, for instance, the tax system operates on an individual basis, whereas the French system is based on the household. The UK has individual personal allowances, while France taxes the first band of income at 0%. There are capital gains tax allowances in the UK, while France did away with them probably 15 plus years ago. Since the pandemic, we've been spending more of our time with people who are already here. There are still timing issues, but these days we spend more time making sure financial arrangements are suitable for life in France and for beneficiaries when you're gone, which has been elevated because we can't legally get advice from UK financial organisations and advisors since Brexit. It's the common theme to help people protect their wealth. Yeah, most of us have accumulated some sort of wealth in one form or another. One form or another. And, and once we, we have, we're, we're usually very passionate about not losing it. So protection is certainly a key consideration for most people, especially our retired expatriate listeners. They have worked hard during their working lives, which has given them the ability to spend some, if not all, their twilight years enjoying the benefits of the south of France. But protecting our wealth has to go further than making sure we just keep what we have, we need our money to work harder for us, as we, or as hard at least as we worked when we were there accumulating it. Which you certainly won't do if you simply leave it sitting in a bank account, even after the interest rate rises that we've seen recently. Now over the past few years, cash has still been paying a pitiful level of interest when compared to inflation. The French government recently confirmed that it would not increase the interest rate paid on a livre art savings account above 3%. The government said this was to avoid the disappointment of it drastically having to reduce the rate next year. If we put that into context, inflation is running at 6%, so the buying power of our capital will erode over the next 12 months twice as quickly as it appreciates. So those supposedly lower-risk investors who seek safer investments and homes for their cash are simply guaranteed to lose money. But this isn't new news. Inflation has always beaten cash because, as we are now seeing, interest rates are used to bring down inflation. If they are higher than inflation, that would be self-defeating. Warren Buffett, arguably one of the richest and most successful investors over the past 50 years, has continually said, people who hold cash feel comfortable. They shouldn't. They have opted for a terrible long-term asset, one that pays virtually nothing and is certain to depreciate in value. Investment markets can be quite intimidating. That is especially true if you've already had an unfortunate acquaintance, shall we say. So it's no surprise some people prefer to hold on to cash. But as Buffett said, cash is the worst asset you can have. You have a depreciating asset that becomes devalued from inflation. To fight inflation, we must discover ways to keep our wealth growing. The best way to do this is to automate our investments, which means focusing on our strategic financial planning. And if we need to build an investment portfolio, we do what we build one that's appropriate for us and for our goals. Well, turning to James, how are you, James? I'm very well, thank you, Howard. How about you? I'm I'm fine. It's nice to talk to you again. Slowly getting to know each other. <laughs> so tell me, what are the key threats to our savings today? Uh, well, without a doubt, inflation is the biggest threat to people's savings currently. 
With inflation increasing the cost of goods and services, the purchasing power of your money diminishes over time. As Rob's just said, money in cash is guaranteed to lose against inflation. A good example to show this is with the pound coin, which was introduced in 1983 to replace the pound note, meaning it's first introduced 40 years ago. Due to the impact of inflation, the pound coin has lost 70% of its value in real terms, meaning one pound today will only buy you what 30 pence did 40 years ago. To have the same purchasing power as 1983, you need to have £1.70 today. Adding the money to an instant access savings account wouldn't have produced enough returns as today. It would be worth £1.14. It just shows that although you may think your money is safe in cash and there's nothing to worry about, inflation is a silent thief. Um, so the only way to, to really beat inflation is to invest the money. If you invested in UK residential property in 1983, you'd have beaten inflation with your £1 now being worth £3.63. But by far the best option is to have invested in global equities, which would now be worth £8.81. Although over the past 40 years, there have been many years where investment returns have been negative, for example in 2008 with the financial crisis, or more recently with the difficult times markets have had post-Covid, it's by far the best way to protect your growth over time. How does Brevin's Franks help clients protect their wealth from those threats? Yeah, Rob has uh, already mentioned strategic financial planning, and this is how we help protect clients by looking at their total financial situation, objectives and wishes, not just individual parts of their finances. This way we can come up with a coherent plan that takes into consideration all parts of their finances, future wishes, uh, taxation through their lifetime, as well as what happens on their demise to maximise every aspect. When, when we come up with the, with the tailored recommendations on exactly how to hold the investments, this can include how to spread the risk by diversifying the money into various asset classes and structures, whilst reviewing the strategy remains appropriate over time. Is it important to take personalised advice and make sure our financial planning is based on our own specific situation and objectives? Very important. Yeah, it's, it's, it's important people look at personalised advice on all aspects of their finances. All, all of our clients have some kind of link between more than one country, generally the UK, France and or Monaco. Whether it's assets in another country to where you live or, or the children live abroad or income from abroad, one thing is clear that, that people come to us for advice or even existing clients that ask questions. The internet is a great place to get information, but there's a lot of incorrect information out there. Even if the information people are taking on board is correct, if they have interpreted it incorrectly for their situation, it can be costly. I recently had a client contact me to ask if he, about a gift that he was looking to make and if it would be okay. He had cash in the UK that he wanted to gift to his stepdaughter. He'd done the research online and found that in the UK he could do this and if he survived seven years, there'd be no tax. What he hadn't considered, the fact that he's a French resident and if the funds came from him, 60% of the gift would go to the French taxman. Um, so living abroad creates many different challenges, really, that need to be taken into consideration. And having an advisor that understands these cross-border complexities is vital. Well, picking up on what James has just mentioned, turning back to Rob, how can we choose the right financial advisor? <laughs> I think you've thrown this one at me before, haven't you, Howard? Um, setting aside my obvious allegiance, uh, I understand why this can be a challenge, because the edges are blurred. To lots of listeners, every firm that deals with finances probably looks and sounds like they offer the same services. Only last night my attention was uh, was drawn to Facebook by somebody who contacted me because on Facebook somebody was looking for a company to discuss their UK pension with 
and various people then directed that person to um, a French accountant who's well known to me. Um, now, I also know that this person is completely unable to advise on UK pensions. And if that person did contact him, he would tell them that. And that just, just is a perfect example of the fact that, really, where, where do you go? I'm sorry to, to say that the challenge isn't getting any easier. UK financial services providers who before Brexit offered their services to French residents without any issues. That's British clients who have then passported arrangements to their clients in France are now legally barred from doing exactly that. Earlier th this week, I was contacted by a listener who had received a letter from NSNI telling her that she has to sell her premium bonds because she doesn't have a UK bank account. She had closed her NatWest account because they were charging her a service fee of £8 a month. The reason was she's a French resident and the UK is no longer a member of the EU. As she said, she thought that she was saving money not having a financial advisor, but that has now cost her more than it has saved her. Bernice Franks has spent close on 50 years advising British nationals who want to settle in Europe. In June 2016, as we all know, the UK voted to leave the EU. Since then, we've devoted a great deal of our time, resource and money to restructuring Blevins Franks to ensure that in a post-Brexit Europe, we're still around to continue advising European resident clients on their cross-border financial arrangements and goals. As a business, Blevins Franks didn't really have a choice. All our clients are living where our advisors live. And our advisors don't fly in and out, which means they have a deep personal understanding of the same local issues our clients face day in, day out. I joined Blevins Franks back in the 90s because I believed that they were the, they were the best European-based advisory firm for British nationals living in Europe. With Brexit now well in the rearview mirror, I'm even more certain Blevins Franks are the firm to choose if you want to be advised by a professional, fully authorised, cross-border strategic financial planning firm. Levins Franks was born out of a UK accountancy firm, but we're not French accountants. We're not notaries, and we're certainly not a bank. Levins Franks are financial advisors, are a financial advisory firm. Some of us, some of people refer to us as wealth managers. What we are very good at is looking at our clients' overall strategic arrangements, coming up with strategies, and continuing to review those strategies. So if you have a question about money or your finances, we're a safe pair of hands. We do what we do, but we know what we don't do. If you have a conversation with Blevins Franks, but then you need a notaire, a tax lawyer or an accountant, we can point you in the right direction. In fact, we'll be very happy to make a specific introduction. So to understand how strategic financial planning can improve your life, call Blevins Franks and arrange to speak to one of our local Blevins Franks partners. The initial discussion is complimentary, so call today to arrange a call or a face-to-face -face meeting. Our telephone number is 0493 Zero zero one seven eight zero. That's zero four nine three zero zero one seven eight zero. And if it's more convenient to contact our Monaco office, the telephone number here in Monaco is nine seven 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 five five seven four. That's nine seven 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 five five seven four. And if you'd just like to know more about Blevins Franks, or if it's easy to contact us via the internet, visit our website, which is www.blevinsfranks.com. Many thanks, Rob and James. We'll talk again next Sunday. Look forward to it, Howard. Have a great week. The Blevins Franks Report.
If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed in this program, contact your local Blevins Franks office on 0493001780 or Riviera at BlevinsFranks.com. Focusing on the big picture. At Blevins Franks, our financial advisors take a holistic approach. We get to know our clients, your family situation and objectives, and our integrated advice covers tax and estate planning, savings and investments, and pensions. We aim to consolidate many of your assets, keeping things simple for you and your family and heirs. Get in touch with your local Blevins Franks advisors today. Visit BlevinsFranks.com. That's BlevinsFranks.com.